0: get onto the street level, like don't make this an issue that we do more reading about or more thinking about, get onto the street level, talk with people from the public about this issue.
1: Hi folks, and welcome to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we feature the unsung heroes of the pro-life movement, the defenders of the defenseless, the courageous men and women who are making sacrifices of their time and energy for the pre-born children of our world, the weakest and most vulnerable members of the human family. And today, I'm joined by a colleague of mine, though I, I must admit I don't know you super, super well, Mark, I'm working for ARPA Canada. Mark, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, Cam. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you.
1: Great stuff. Great to have you on the show. I love featuring the different people, um, especially in Canada's pro-life movement. It's near and dear to to my heart, and I know it is to your heart as well, both of us being from Canada. But the first question we love to ask people, and uh, those who have tuned in before, I'm sure that you've you've heard me say this in in lots of different ways, Mark. The the first thing that I'd love to ask is just tell us a little bit about yourself and and who you are, Before we dive into your role in the movement and how you got involved, I guess. I'm, I'm first of all, a disciple of Jesus Christ.
0: I'm uh, married to my wife, Jacqueline. She's also been involved in the pro-life movement in in a big way through the years. We've been blessed with six children between the ages of three and 13. A lot of fun. Uh, I serve with ARPA Canada. I've done that since, since 2007. I love fishing. I love getting in the mountains. I was just up in the mountains yesterday with my, my wife uh, snowmobiling. it was it was beautiful epic.
1: Very good. I, I can appreciate the the outdoorsiness. I, I'm a big outdoorsman myself though I, I must admit my fishing is more of a, um, an exercise in futility rather than an actual um, putting food on the on the plate sort of thing and so I'm sure that I could learn a few lessons from you. Um, but that might be for another show. Going from there then, so tell me a little bit, you said that you got involved um, over 10 years ago now in the pro-life movement. Tell me a little bit about what that journey looked like. Was this something that you had your eyes set on for a long time? Was this something that you kind of stumbled into? What was your journey into the pro-life movement like?
0: Well, Ken, like probably a lot of the listeners, I grew up in a pro-life home, and the issue of abortion was on my mind. It was on my heart, but I'd say one of the first times where it really resonated with me was when I was about grade 11 or grade 12. I was down in the Vancouver area. A friend of mine was studying at the University of British Columbia, and he invited me to join him on campus that day. I didn't quite know what I was getting into. Uh, What was set up was that the the local pro-life group there at campus had hosted a GAP display, that's Genocide Awareness Project is what it was called. I think it was one of the first times where abortion victim photography was used on campus there. And I would say uh, it wasn't just the pictures that, that impacted me. It wasn't just the fact that there was um, a huge crowd of students that, that came around there. I think the biggest impact was the conversations, talking one-on-one with students, seeing how much this issue impacted their lives. They ended up opening up about matters like faith and justice and human rights. Yeah, that, that really impacted me. But it wasn't so much, say, a turning point in my life because I was still, at that time, continuing on with my my, um, studies. went into post-secondary studies. And I was even uh, enrolled in a marketing program. Uh, But then I took a bit of a leap. I I applied to the Laurentian Leadership Center in Ottawa. Now, the the Laurentian Leadership Center had just started. It's a campus and initiative of Trinity Western University. It was its first year there in Ottawa. And the uh, program involved part studies, so half of it was studies, and the other half was an internship. Uh, I ended up getting an internship with a member of Parliament by the name of Maurice Velikot. Now, I don't know if if his name rings a bell, it's been some years. This was around 2003, and Maurice Velikot was the chair of the Parliamentary Pro-Life Caucus. Uh, So the caucus is members of Parliament who, at that time, it was from three different parties, who, who uh, were willing to meet together regularly to advance the cause of, of our pre-born neighbors. Uh, and my internship supervisor was, was a fellow by the name of Tim Blado. He was the researcher for that, that pro-life caucus. So being there, sitting in that office, really I got exposed to the, the political heart of the, the pro-life movement. The tensions that are there, as well as really the opportunities that are there. Uh, Yeah, my journey went on. I I ended up doing a master's degree focused on specifically on the topic of human dignity in Canadian law and politics. So, abortion and and euthanasia were two of the the big topics I looked at. Uh, And by the year two thousand and seven, I was just finishing up my master's. I was married at that time and ended up writing a, a letter, a vision letter. For what an organization could look like um, and really that organization we ended up calling it ARPA Canada so that vision letter I said in there uh, I'd love for ARPA um, to have a disproportionate focus on the life issues we're as you probably know we cover a variety of political issues but I made the case in that letter that because of the need that exists in Canada for advocacy for the pre-born uh, that that should be a, have a disproportional impact uh focus of arpa's work and well since then from 2007 till today the lord has blessed that in just a, a massive massive
1: way yeah amen it and it's been beautiful for me i so i i wasn't around when when that would have been established and arpa first got got rolling but i had the great privilege of joining um your colleague mike Shuton for the, the launching and unveiling of the We Need a Law campaign. And I've been blessed to be a part of a lot of the, the wonderful ARPA events that have been conducted across Canada, shedding light on, on these issues of human dignity. For those who are unfamiliar, ARPA being the Association for Reform, Reform Political Action in Canada, a wonderful group. We'll, we'll put the, the link to their website in the show notes here. But diving into your experience with ARPA Canada a little bit further, um, so being actively involved in in the pro-life movement for for over a decade, I'm sure there's lots of different memories that come to mind of, of memorable experiences and whatnot. And I was wondering if you could maybe share one or, or two memories that really stand out as being really, really neat or really powerful experiences from your time since penning that letter um, and until today, I, I guess. Sure.
0: Uh, I'd be happy to share. Two two memories come to my mind right away. One, I guess, instigated the We Need a Law campaign in in particular. Uh, So my member of parliament going back about 10 years is Mark Warawa. I was living in Langley. Mark Warawa, we had gotten to know him just through our little local uh, Langley ARPA chapter, built a good relationship with him. But it seemed like he never had uh, too much of a passion for, for the preborn. Again, it was one of these issues that was out there, didn't know how close it was to his heart. Well, another veteran of, of the pro-life movement, uh, John Hoff, uh, was also living there in, in Langley. And, and John and I got to know each other quite well. And we ended up meeting with, with uh, Mr. Warwa on a number of occasions, just making the case to him that, that God has put him in his role for such a time as this. Uh, making the case that, that he used his position to advance uh, a private member's bill. In, in particular, he was selected in, in the lottery that exists for mar- uh, parliamentarians uh, to put forward a piece of uh, legislation that would actually be considered by parliament that session. So we made the case that he used that to put forward a full-on abortion bill. And you know, God worked in Mark War was heart to the point where he he agreed he was willing to to do this, to champion this. And uh, we knew that the only way that he'd be able to do this is if he had enough help. And I'd been involved for, for a few years prior. I heard other pro-life MPs lament the lack of support they got from within the pro-life movement when they did try to put forward some, some pro-life initiatives. So we knew we had to stand up for him in, in a big way. We didn't have the capacity ourselves uh, to make this happen, uh, so we, I ended up putting forward a proposal to our board to start this this campaign the we need a law campaign to also hire specifically Mike Schutten to direct this campaign, and and really the rest has been history. Uh, Mike was willing to to leave his his career to take on this role, and uh, the we need a law campaign was was formed to build that grassroots support and to stand behind. Parliamentarians like Mark Warwa, who are willing to to stand up for for the preborn. Now, as it works out, you probably know um, Mark Warwa ended up changing course a little bit. He, he he went from a full-on abortion bill to to a bill specifically targeting gender side, uh, and it that re- resulted in a huge stir in the House of Commons. Didn't pass, uh, but obviously the the seeds of that work has borne much fruit. We need the law still still active today. I'd say the other, the other memory that I'd have that comes to my mind is, is quite different. Uh, it's, it's not so much from an organizational level. We had a, had a competition going back to probably 2014. I think it was spring of 2014 among the staff of, of uh, ARPA. By that time, ARPA had grown. It was obviously no longer just myself. And we thought, okay, how do we get our grassroots, ordinary folks, to get involved in a big way? And uh, my sister... Ruth, she had shared with me, while I was thinking of ideas, she had shared with me some pictures where some folks in the United States had used irrigation flags to try to visually show, uh, portray a number, a stat. And so I thought, maybe we can do this on, on the abortion issue. So I made the case to my colleagues that we, we order 100,000 of these flags. And that we bring these 100,000 irrigation flags onto a lawn to make a public statement of just how many lives are ended by abortion in Canada every year. Well, sure enough, uh, this came to fruition by that October, October, I think it was 2014. We did that for the very first time on Parliament Hill. And I'll never forget that. Like in the cover of darkness, like it was still dark. We got permission to drive up on the hill. It, it, It felt almost like like it was some undercover operation the van was so loaded down It was a a van of of my colleague bruce DeBoer was so loaded down with these flags that it could hardly drive anymore and we were just unloading boxes and boxes and boxes as we were driving down parliament hill over 80 i think it was 80 to 100 volunteers were just jamming these flags into the lawn and then as the sun rose and we looked over that sea of flags it was just breathtaking far more impact than any of us would have ever imagined uh, i remember just seeing the reaction of people when they they stepped on parliament hill they were literally aghast like they they couldn't comprehend and right away they said what is this about so we had opportunity to tell them well each flag represents the life of a pre-born child that lost its life to abortion in canada this year and they were just Dumbfounded. Again, it went from being an issue that was out there to something that was right in front of their very eyes. Even members of Parliament—they were inside the the, um, Parliament, but watching through the windows. There, There was apparently a buzz going on in that building all day. Of, of, hey, what's going on there? This is what it's about. And and some years later, I was privileged to be in a meeting with. MPs as they were reflecting on that session of Parliament, I think it was the last day that the last time they were meeting, and they shared what was their highlight of that session of Parliament. And one of the MPs said, you know, it was that morning when I walked up onto Parliament Hill and saw that sea of, of flags. And yeah, I think that flag display has been done um, close to a 100 times since then, not the full 100,000, it's been split into groups of, of 10,000. But definitely one of the the highlights from this last uh, ten or so years.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've I've had the great privilege of being a part of a couple of flag displays now, and I I can definitely speak to the the overwhelming magnitude and 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 just how it resonates with people. This. This, this sea of flags, like you said, little pink flags, little blue flags representing the little boys and girls who have been killed by abortion. Just so, so powerful. And, and I definitely encourage anybody tuning into this to consider contacting ARPA Canada for how they can conduct one of those flag displays in your home community. As a final question then, Mark, and so there are so many people. I, I am so encouraged by the growth in the pro-life movement over the last decade, and and how we've been building momentum and that sort of thing. And I know that there's many people who are still kind of on the edge. They're they're hesitant to get involved in the pro-life movement. They, they think that, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not going to contribute very well, or, or what could I offer to the pro-life movement? And I wonder what words of encouragement would you offer somebody who wants to get involved, but might be hesitant to do so, or might just need a little nudge to, to get them over the edge and get them actively involved in the pro-life movement? What would you say to somebody like that?
0: One uh, For those who, who are asking that question who are Christian, I'd say one text that's really resonated with me is from 1 Corinthians 1, where we read about how God uses the weak things of the world. And I, I can very much identify with that. I've always felt like a weak thing of the world, and yet I've seen how the Lord works with us and through us, sometimes on purpose, to make the point that it's His work. It's, it's not our work. That's been a huge source of encouragement to me. We don't need to be articulate. We don't need to be champions as the world would like to define a champion. We just need to do what needs to get done. And on, on this particular issue, uh, there's 100,000 preborn children whose lives need defending today. If there's one practical thing I'd encourage encourage uh, our listeners to consider who are struggling with that, it would be simply to get onto the street level. Like, don't make this an issue that we do more reading about or more thinking about. Get onto the street level. Talk with people from the public about this issue. That might be through a display, like I mentioned at the beginning, like what CCBR does regularly. Uh, it might be through a flag display. Whatever it is, suddenly the issue... Uh, goes from head to heart. And I think that's absolutely crucial to, to, to see just how important it is that we give our lives to this cause.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. And I I think that's such an essential message for people that, that you don't need to be the MLK of the pro-life movement. You don't need to be the next Stephanie Gray Connors or Scott Klusendorf or something like that. You need to be you and, and God will work wonders through you and and for his glory and for the benefit of his preborn born children so I, I think that's a great note to end on thank you so so much mark for for joining us today and thank you for tuning in to the program um humans of the pro-life movement as i mentioned off the top this is an initiative of the pro-life guys podcast and i want to draw your attention to the other not only episodes within this series that you can find on our youtube channel or Um, on any of your favorite podcast catchers. But you can also check out our other content, um, our our flagship Pro-Life Guys podcast that you can find on whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast catcher is. You can also check out our monthly roundup of important and interesting news from around the world as it relates to abortion. Talked about through a Pro-Life Perspective. And finally, check on our website, ProLifeGuys.com, and check out the show notes for more about ARPA Canada and how you can get involved with this incredible group in Canada. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you again, Mark, for joining us, and I hope each of you have a wonderful rest of the day, however many hours are left in the day in your neck of the woods.